Tigers Avenue, boot up, baby. The Tigers are 10 and 0. 10 and 0. Uh, we do apologize for not being able to post uh, last weekend. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, couldn't get that last episode out. But we're back and better than ever, uh, ready to give you your updates on your fighting Tigers. Uh, let's get right into it, Zach. LSU, since uh, we've last released has won two basketball games uh the best one being uh against georgia tech in atlanta in the state farm arena give me your thoughts on what you saw in that game well i didn't get to watch much of it unfortunately because i was at work during the game i was able to catch bits and pieces of it um when i went on break and just checking the score update when i could but a little bit of what we predicted, they struggled early and Georgia Tech actually was kind of dominant there at the beginning of the game. But then near the end of the first half, you saw the Tigers chip away and bring it to within four. You end the half only down four. And then from the second half, it was pretty much all LSU. You saw the strength of this team really come out. LSU defense looks fantastic. They continue their streak of just being completely dominant and suffocating teams defensively. And they were able to get that win. Uh, As we mentioned in the podcast that we weren't able to release, this was the biggest test for LSU coming into conference play to try and be undefeated and they passed that test and you had the weaker opponent tonight in northwestern state that was a really easy win for the tigers you've got two more pretty much cupcake wins coming up and you should be undefeated heading into conference play yeah absolutely um the georgia tech win was uh was a was definitely the biggest test for the tigers they at the beginning of the game, like you said, they jumped out to a 24-9 lead. It was a 15-point deficit, and I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I was quite nervous for a while because the, the Tigers looked out of sorts and unorganized, and, man, it looked bad uh, for a while there. But near the end of the half, they, they pulled it together and got within four points, and the second half, the athleticism of the Tigers showed, and – they ended up winning 69 to 53 in a 16-point victory over Georgia Tech. The Tigers indeed are the best, uh, statistically, the best defense in the entire nation. And, and that's just that's not my biased opinion. That is just based on facts. Uh, you can pull that up on the NCAA website if you want to. LSU literally has the best defense in the nation. And you saw that displayed against Georgia Tech, especially in the second half. Um, Michael DeVoe, one of the best scorers in the entire nation, if not the best. 
Uh, we held him to 12 points, and he averages 23 points a game. Um, so that just shows you how deep this team is on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I love to see the fight from the Tigers to not fold under the adversity. They definitely took the biggest shot to the mouth that they have all season with that deficit at the beginning. And I love to see them fight and claw back into it. Man, Tari Eason continues to prove to be the best player on this team. 23 yep. points against Georgia Tech, continuing to be the scoring leader off the bench. Uh, and he did the same tonight against Northwestern State. He scored 18, uh, leading the team as well. Um, other players that did well uh, in the Georgia Tech game, Pinson had 13. Murray had 10 in that game. Uh, tonight, Pinson actually against Northwestern State got his 1,000th point in his career. So congratulations to him on on reaching a milestone in his career. Also, uh, Efton Reed had a had a big night. He had 15 points and and 10 rebounds against uh, Northwestern State on Monday after the defeat of Georgia Tech. You saw the Tigers jump six spots uh, in the AP poll, top 25 to number. 19 and in the coaches poll they went from 25 uh to 20. So the Tigers are now starting to see a little bit more respect uh from the pollsters, not that it really matters in the grand scheme of things. Uh you just got to keep winning ball games. Just need to keep uh stacking days as they say. We've talked about this a little bit. Give me your thoughts on on Darius Days and and his, some of the struggles he's had so far in these past few games. And just tell me what you've seen. I think I've seen a guy that has forced some shots. It seems like he's forcing a few things, and I think we've we've heard that sentiment come from Will Wade. And so I'm hopeful that Will Wade can address that with him and and fix some of the things that he's struggling with right now it seems like he's just really relying on that outside shot and he's not stroking it right now as well he as he was at the beginning of the season we talked about it a lot was he going to be able to do the same when he stepped outside of the PMAC and so far he hasn't now I'm not saying he hasn't played well because he's put up double digits it's not like he has you know just completely dropped off in scoring. But I just think we've seen the emergence of Tari Eason come on. And it just seems a lot like he's trying to force a lot of shots. And a lot of the shots that I've watched him take just seem like bad shots. He When he gets the ball, he's looking to score. You can just tell it. Like every time he touches the ball, he he seems like he is trying to score. He's either on the outside perimeter, and as soon as he gets it, he's pulling, or he gets an inside pass, and he's immediately going inside the paint and trying to get a bucket, trying to body his defender and get a bucket. So I think he needs to get some more open looks. Uh, I'm not sure that Will Wade is really running the offense through him right now. Maybe if they can get some plays that, are specifically set up for him, we might see 
better shot selections from him. I don't know. But that's kind of what I see right now. Also wanted to mention this, Reagan. I can get your take on this, but Will Wade was asked about this. I believe it was after the Georgia Tech game. It might have been after tonight's game, but I'm pretty sure it was after the Georgia Tech game. They asked him about the rotation uh, because Tari right now, as we've said, he looks like your best player. And he said, no chance. No chance I'm messing with the rotation. Uh, what are your, What are your thoughts on that? I, I agree with him. I think, you know, you don't mess with what's working. So far, it is it has worked for you very well. I know a lot of people are questioning it because you got a guy like Mawadi who doesn't put up a lot of points. He's not flashy like Tari is or, or, or Eric Gaines, who's also coming off the bench. But he, on this team, as we've seen, their their strength is defense, and he has been a cornerstone of that. So what's your take on the rotation? And, and obviously you can mention your take on Darius Days as well. Why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't change what's exactly. working. It, yeah. It, it's, it's going so well. Everything is rolling. He comes off the bench like a firecracker. There's, I see no reason to, to change what we've been doing. Um, and, and hurting that, you know, organization that he's put together with the team, the chemistry that the team has. They've gotten used to their minutes. They've gotten used to this rotation. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. The the versatility, that's the word I'm looking for, that Tari brings uh, off the bench is something that LSU has needed desperately uh, in the last few years. So why in the world would you change that uh, when you haven't had that? That's what hurt us in the Michigan game last year that's what hurt us in several sec games last year uh when mm-hmm. your top five were the only ones producing and you almost couldn't give them a break in intense situations so maybe you had tired players and they they couldn't give you their best minutes or whatever it was and it may have been costly so when you have somebody like tari eason to come off the bench and drop you know, 15, 18, 23 uh, off the bench. Man, that is a that is something that LSU has needed so so desperately, and they have it for uh, out of him for sure. Uh, another good thing is Eric Gaines has, and I think I've said this before, but I think Eric Gaines has developed massively from last year uh, to this year. His game has excelled. Uh, from what he was last year as a true freshman, um, he man he makes some some tough buckets for his size to to go up and and make, draw so much contact and still be able to hit some of the shots he does and drive the lane with confidence. Um, his defense is elite. That's two players off your bench right there uh, that that give you excellent minutes, that give you a bucket, that give you defense. And then let's not forget to mention the the freak show that is Alex Fudge. I mean, that man can make plays that I don't think anybody else in the world could make. His athleticism is 
is just absurd. Uh, I don't know if you saw him, Zach, but he made two blocks against Georgia Tech that that just blew blew my mind away. I mean, they had a, a turnover and that like right up under the basket, wide open layup shot, and Fudge came from like ten feet away as the guy was laying up and was able to get around the basket and slap the ball against the glass before he laid it in. It was just completely impressive. I, I mean, he is a freak show. And every now and then, he can get you a few points. He got you eight points tonight off the bench uh, against Northwestern State. So just another piece of, of Will Wade's puzzle um, that he's been looking for these last few years to, to give minutes off the bench. and Not just minutes, but meaningful minutes uh, for the Tigers. And I think that that is going to be something that is going to prove uh, LSU to uh, help us win a lot of ball games in, in the SEC play this year. And, and we're going to find out really what this team is made of right off the bat when we stroll into the jungle in Auburn, Alabama. Uh, first game of SEC play. But I'm excited for it. When it comes to Darius Days, his shot right there, you know, off the top of the key, everybody knows that's like supposed to be his signature shot. He just doesn't seem to have it right now. And I don't want him to I don't want him to stop shooting it because I, I don't want him to lose confidence in himself to be able to make that shot because he's proven he has the ability to make that shot. I just think he's in a hard slump right now a little bit. And kind of like you said, he may be trying to force a few things when he really doesn't have to. Um, but I really hope to see him improve again and, and uh, get that better so that he can add that to his game again. Hey, Reagan, in a quick scoring update, it has gone final. Alabama has gone down to the team up the road. Yeah. You know, anytime we're an LSU podcast and we get a chance to announce a Bama loss, we're going to do it. I know our boy Kenny is excited. He's a Memphis Tigers fan when it comes to hoops. Yeah, big win for Memphis over the sixth-ranked team in the country. It really helps LSU out uh, a lot in SEC standings and whatnot. But yeah, you gotta you gotta love what the the Tigers uh, have shown this year, and it's I think they're going to continue to prove and continue to look better I, I, with the lack of defense the past few years. You just love to see what LSU has done defensively this year, and you hope it continues into SEC play. All right, let's let's move forward here uh, from basketball. Um, Zach, we got the early. National Signing Day on Wednesday. Well, the Tigers, with the coaching change, with the staff changes, with all of this, um, recruiting this year is going to look a a lot different for the Tigers. We are used to LSU. um, I mean, obviously, the last few years have had top five recruiting classes uh, in the nation. This year's going to look a bit different with the change. Right now, you, you you're sitting at like ten commits, uh, I, I believe, for the recruiting class. 
Um, a few of those guys are going to sign on Wednesday, and I think you're going to get a few surprises as well. Zach, give me give me your thoughts on who you think is is not committed right now, who's going to sign with LSU on Wednesday, and who will um, maybe possibly sign with LSU up in the air, not 100% sure. Yeah, um, I think there's a few guys you could potentially see sign with LSU that aren't currently committed. I think the biggest name that you're probably going to see sign on Wednesday potentially could be Quincy Wiggins. Quincy Wiggins is the defensive lineman. He's a four-star. He was once an Alabama lean, but when Brian Kelly went and visited him, word is now he's he's going to be coming to LSU. And we got to hope that he does because he is a big-time recruit. Uh, the other one is the offensive lineman out of FIU. He is a transfer. Remind me his name, Reagan, because I'm going blank on his name right now. I'm trying to look it up. I believe it's Zeke Frazier. Yeah, I wasn't seeing him on the boards, but um, I think he is a guy that is probably going to sign tomorrow. I think he is a big LSU lean. Um, We saw tonight, I know that this guy's already committed, but about an hour ago, maybe an hour and a half now that we've recorded some, Landon Ivy Etta out of Mandeville, the three-star wide receiver, is going to sign tomorrow, very likely. I mean, LSU is his dream school, so it's very likely you see him sign. I think you're probably going to see, you know, the big names that are already committed, but they're going to sign. You know, you're going to see Walker Howard probably sign tomorrow. You're going to see um, guys like uh, Demario Tolan sign. <laughs> Fitzgerald West will, will probably sign. Will Campbell, yes, the uh, the lineman. You're going to see him sign. So, uh, LaTerrence Welch, those guys that have been committed for a while. Those are the names I'm kind of seeing that I'm kind of leaning on. Um, you know, I would love to see Shaz Preston sign with LSU tomorrow. I think it would be a big shock to a lot of LSU fans if he did sign. But he is a heavy, heavy Alabama lean right now. You're probably going to lose the top three wide receivers to Alabama this year, and that that might suck. It is going to suck. There's no way around it. As you've mentioned, just this year with everything going on, the coaching search, coaching transition, it's just it's going to happen. So I'm not a big, big-time guy in following recruiting. I usually kind of get into it as we get closer and – so I'm not someone to really rely on when it comes to recruiting. Don't don't come to me. But that's just what I'm seeing so far. But I'm hoping I'm hoping that Brian Kelly gives us some surprises tomorrow. Yeah, you're also going to see Emory Jones sign as well, the offensive lineman out of Catholic High in Baton Rouge. He he's a guy who um, had said he was going to sign in February. I, I, I think he had some uncertainty in his mind uh, because Brad Davis had not been 
um, announced as being retained yet and um, had not met with Brian Kelly. Well, Brad Davis and Brian Kelly went and met with Emory Jones. Um, the announcement was made that, that Brad Davis would be retained, which in my opinion was uh, the, the right decision. And Emory Jones, not long after, uh, tweeted out that he would be signing on December 15th to the LSU Tigers, which to sure up that uncertainty around him was big for the Tigers because we need offensive linemen and we need office, uh, offensive linemen um, really bad. When it comes to uh, this class, man, the thing we're looking at right now is you're going to lose some guys tomorrow. You know, you wish you don't – they wouldn't leave Louisiana um, and play for somebody like Alabama. But there's a few names that here recently have decided to – push back to February and that bodes well for the Tigers because it gives them time to finish their staff out and really make a push for these players. Uh, you're hearing names like Jacoby Matthews out of Pochachula, big time safety and Kendrick law, four-star athlete. Um, another big player who who's out of Louis, uh, Louisiana in Shreveport. He's moved back to February. So you, you have an uh, extra time to really make a push for these guys um, so that you could land some more of these uh, big names, and, and you hope they do. Now, maybe Brian Kelly has a few tricks up his sleeve that we don't know about, and maybe you surprise tomorrow with a few names. You never know. But with this recruiting class, you're going to look to make your biggest push after early signing period. You got to finalize this staff and then you got to make a major push from now until February to close this class out, hit the transfer portal hard. Um, we're most likely going to sign a quarterback out of the transfer portal. I, I think you almost have to, but you definitely need to hit the transfer portal for some offensive linemen. Uh, probably some linebackers. So we're we're gonna we're gonna see what Brian Kelly uh, is made of when it comes to recruiting uh, and, and filling out this roster. Um, but in my opinion, I have all the faith in the world in him. I mean, he's been doing this for thirty plus years uh, as a coach and has managed rosters and uh, put teams together that have always been successful. And with the with LSU on his chest and the experience that he has, there's no doubt in my mind that he will be able to solidify a solid roster come next season. And I think a lot of LSU fans will be pleased with what he does from now until February. A lot of people seem to be getting a little bit anxious about, you know, recruiting and staff hires and all that. I, you got to be patient. All this is going to come together. This man has done this his entire career. He knows what he's doing. You just got to hold out and, and put your trust in a man who has always been successful everywhere he's gone. So we're looking forward to uh, signing the guys who are committed tomorrow. Hopefully there will be some surprises 
uh, with some people that aren't committed um, that will sign to LSU. Let's move forward here to um, some staff hires. There's been some changes uh, to the staff since we've last uh, released a podcast. Uh, the, the biggest one being adding uh, Frank Wilson, a, a major add. And I think the biggest loss uh, was by far Corey Raymond uh, to Florida. Give me your thoughts on on what you've seen so far with uh, staff being let go, staff being retained, staff being added. Well, I feel like I'm repeating myself because we've done this before on the podcast that unfortunately we had some technical difficulties with and we couldn't release. But um, I think the hire of Frank Wilson definitely makes up for the loss of Corey Raymond and Kevin Falk and Mickey Joseph. And you're like, whoa, that's three guys. How can one guy replace them all? Um, he can uh, because it's Frank Wilson. Frank Wilson is not just opinion-wise, but factually he is the best recruiter in Louisiana, period. If you're going to lose Corey Raymond and you're going to lose Kevin Falk and you're going to lose Mickey Joseph, I think it is a phenomenal job done by Brian Kelly to go and get Frank Wilson. Now, I would like to hear an explanation on Corey Raymond because Corey Raymond has been the king of DBU for the last decade at LSU. And I don't understand how you don't make the effort to retain him. You you needed to keep Corey Raymond. And as we know now, he is at a rival school in Florida. And I mentioned this on the podcast that we didn't have released, but you're going to start losing kids. You're going to start losing top DB prospects to Florida because of who Corey Raymond is and just his career and what he's done. Kids coming out of high school, they know who Corey Raymond is. DBs do. And I hope that with Jabbar Jaluk and Billy Napier and Corey Raymond now all being at Florida, I hope that a pipeline doesn't start from Louisiana and Florida because it's looking like it's going to happen. But that's definitely the biggest loss. I, I want to hear an explanation because, I mean, I trust, I trust BK and, you know, you got to give him the right to make his hires, but that one is definitely the biggest one that confuses me. Can you imagine if we had kept Corey Raymond and had Frank Wilson? I mean, that would be <laughs> insane. The recruiting, I don't understand why we didn't make the push to keep him because uh, you should make the push to keep him. You have the funds to keep him. And we know that the reason being for him leaving is that he felt potentially, well, I guess we can just say it, he felt disrespected. Um, he's been at LSU for a decade, and you have coaches coming in that are making like double his salary almost, and he should feel disrespected. Uh, look at who he is. Look at the talent that he has brought in into your program, right? Uh, you got guys like Tyron Matthew. Uh, Derek Stingley, Jalen Mills, Greedy Williams, uh, Grant Delpit, 
Jamal Adams. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on. Uh, those guys are top prospects who are all in the NFL right now just showing out. So I want to hear an explanation as to why LSU did not go and try to one-up Florida because that's the one thing that really befuddles me. Um, but, you know, I, I am I am excited that they got Frank Wilson and, you know, we're going to see with OC and DC what, what happens. I know Brad White was a name that kind of uh, came out here recently and was kind of a hot, hot name here the last couple of days, but it seems like he's going to be staying at Kentucky potentially. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm interested. I'm getting a little antsy, but uh, I'm going to trust in BK to get the job done and make great hires. It seems like the recruits kind of know what is happening on the offensive side of the ball. They uh, Maybe they don't know names, but uh, maybe they do, but it seems like they're pretty comfortable with who he's going to hire. seems like he has his guy already. Yeah, I'm not too worried about um, Brian Kelly making his staff hires. Uh, he's been known for making great staff hires like Clark Lee, um, Marcus Freeman, Mike Elko, Tommy Reese. Uh, I, I trust him to to make great staff hires. Um, one name I'd really like to see for D.C., um, which would make a lot of sense on the delay, is Pete Golding uh, from Alabama. Well-respected defensive coach who's from Hammond, Louisiana. You may have to wait till after the playoffs to get him, but if you can get Pete Golding, I'm willing to wait. With Corey Raymond, I don't think this was a BK problem. Uh, I think this was an LSU problem. Um, exactly, and that's my I, I point. If you're like, LSU yeah. and you know who Corey Raymond is, you got to go get you, that man. You got to keep him. They should have. They should have paid Corey. I, I believe a million or more. Um, I, I think he should have been paid and well respected. Uh, and I believe LSU took advantage of his loyalty, being an alumni to LSU. And they allowed that to go on for too long. And Corey wasn't going to uh, have any of it anymore. And when he got the offer he did at Florida, he took the job. Um, Unfortunately, uh, like you said, that's going to hurt LSU in recruiting. Uh, In some ways, it it does help to have Frank Wilson uh, hopefully could, you know, rebuttal some of that push from from Florida that's definitely going to come, uh, but we will see. Again, I, I think that Brian Kelly has the the idea, the vision that he has for LSU and what he wants. Um, so, so just me personally, I, I'm not really worried about it. You know, everybody keeps asking who's going to be, who's it going to be, who's it going to be, and, and for me, I'm just waiting to see who it is like once it happens, once it's announced, you know, let's roll. Brian Kelly knows what he's doing and I'm down with it. If he hires, you know, which I don't think it'll be Brad white anymore based on some of the things that we've seen recently. But if it were to be Brad white, if it were to be Pete Golding, if it were to be Ron Roberts or Barry Odom or whoever, you know, let's roll. You haven't heard much on the offensive coordinator side of, of things. Um, a name that I, that I, I think I continue to mention, and I think we should consider, is is Wayne Ruggiero. Uh He was Wake Forest offensive coordinator. 
Uh, you saw Wake Forest put a a great offense onto the field this year that produced a lot of points. And look, Wake Forest talent compared to LSU talent is a major difference. Uh, so if you could bring somebody in who's been able to produce a lot of points at Wake Forest, he could probably produce a lot of points at LSU. Kendall Bryles is, is another name that you've heard, uh, but you haven't heard uh, much movement on that. Um, he's the OC at Arkansas. You know, you really like what you've seen from KJ Jefferson and the improvement he's made uh, this year as as a quarterback and the offense that they ran. I think that Kendall Bryles would would kill it here with with LSU's. Uh, receivers and the talent that LSU um, can bring in. So this is just going to take some time for Brian Kelly to bring full circle with recruiting class, with coaching staff. And when it all comes full circle, man, I think he's going to be ready to make a push. I mean, make no mistake, Zach, there's one reason Brian Kelly's here. He's here to win a stinking national championship because he has all these accolades as a coach. He's done it all except for win a national championship at the Division I level, because he won one at Grand Valley State Division II, but he hasn't done it Division One, And that's the reason Brian Kelly's here. He's here to win a national championship, and I think he's ready to make a major push to do so. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he is a winner, and he came here to win expect nothing less uh the 500 seasons that you've seen the last two years uh i mean it's we're gonna see what happens in this first year but i don't see lsu going 500 even in the first season under brian kelly Uh, i don't think we we may not ever see that again under brian kelly to be honest um just uh to mention real quickly and then we can wrap up uh the oc and dc denbrock at Cincinnati, uh, he is another name that's popped up here recently in the coaching carousel at for potential offensive coordinators that could come to LSU. So we'll see. It'll be here before you know it. You never know. Our next podcast, we could be announcing new hires. And, of course, with tomorrow being early National Signing Day, a bunch of new recruits, hopefully. Yeah, and and one thing that we haven't heard, and it feels like the coaching carousel is coming to a close. Like it almost feels like every job I think is filled, and a name you haven't heard at at head coach is Dan Mullen. I'm I'm just saying, if that man is not coaching somewhere, I'd be picking the phone up and calling that man, and getting him to Baton Rouge. ASAP and putting him in the booth to call plays. Because uh, if he ain't head coaching somewhere, I I think he would take the job as OC at LSU. Um, and, buddy, if he ain't hired somewhere, you, you better believe Brian Kelly better be picking up the phone and making that phone call. Let's put a lid on this episode. Appreciate y'all listening and supporting as always. Hey, go give us, give us a follow on Twitter at Tigers Avenue pod at tigers avenue pod we appreciate y'all listening and we'll catch you next time in the tigers 
Avenue. Peace.